Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. I'm going to be honest, it kind of feels weird standing up here. But it's all good. Amen. Lord, you're full with wisdom and power. I'm going to jump right into it. So this is a, a new year, it's a new month. It's our first service back as a church. Who's excited to be here? Good. So today we are going to start a new series. Is someone excited about that? No? A little bit? Okay. Today we are going to start a new series and the title is Productivity. Tell your neighbor productivity. That is the new theme, and we are going to run that for the next couple weeks. By the grace of God, myself and every other person on the word team, by the enablement of the Holy Spirit, will direct us and guide us into this new year so that this year will be very productive for us. If you believe it, say louder, Amen. First, Second Peter, Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. You know, I've started falling in love with this, the Passion Translation. But you know, for the sake of our audience, I'm just going to go back to New King James. Second Peter chapter one, and we're going to read from verse three to eleven. That is the context for our theme, productivity. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these ye, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you would be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgot, forgotten that he, has, that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the text for our theme. So now, I know when you heard the word productivity, you're thinking, oh, it's a new year. You know, we're going to start off the cliche of telling you a plan. If you don't plan, well, you're setting yourself up to fail, so I'm not going to tell you to plan. It's up to you to plan. I'm not going to tell you be, di be disciplined. It's all on you to be disciplined. If you're not disciplined, you will plan and fail. So I'm not going to tell you that. But I'm speaking to us this very hour on productivity 
as far as making your spiritual life productive. We have a lot of Christians who are fig trees. They look green, they blossom, but they bear no fruit. What makes your Christianity and what makes your election sure is that you will abide and not just abide, but that you might bear good fruit. The disciples said to Jesus, why did you curse the fig tree? Oh, this, Peter said to Master, the fig tree you cursed the day before he's dead. Are you waiting for God to curse you? I know we have the saying, oh, God does not curse. Yes, he does not. But the system of judgment that God has set in place, there is blessing and cursing in it. If you do not choose the blessing, you will get the opposite. God does not need to speak to bless you. Neither does he need to speak to curse you. But his system that he has set in place will either bless you or curse you. And he has given us a commandment. Go ye therefore into the world and make ye disciples of every nation. He has said it. Now it's up to you to do it or it's up to you not to do it. But he said to the people of Israel in Exodus 23, like we just read, you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless your bread and your water. So if your bread and your water is not blessed, what is it? Did God curse it? He didn't curse it. He just said, "If you, you shall serve and then God will bless. A lot of us want God to bless our bread and water, but we don't want to serve. That's not the point of my sermon. Let's come back to it. Today I'm going to focus on verse 5 of 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. So, I broke down verse 5. I, I said, uh, you know, I read this scripture over and over again, trying to get to understand what Peter was trying to say. And I didn't really get it. I read it in many, that's why I started falling in love with the Passion Translation, but he still didn't drive it home for me until I decided to read the Greek form of First Peter chapter 1. And I'll explain it as the Greek wrote it down. So, and means also, indeed, more so ever. And beside this, giving all diligence, add virtue to knowledge. That's how the Greek translates it. And beside this, giving all diligence, add virtue to knowledge. So what is diligence? Diligence means speed. Diligence means to make haste. Diligence means to be forward. 
Now, Peter is saying, and beside this, what is he talking about if you read verse 4, verse 3 and verse 4? He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which having been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature so peter is saying to be partakers of the divine nature you need to be diligent in the calling that god has called you so even as a believer you need to add speed to your calling you need to be forward about your calling. You cannot sit and settle and expect your calling to bring you into the divine nature. It is one thing to be called. It's another thing to walk in divine nature. It's your diligence that pushes you from being called to enjoying the divine nature God has for you. So when I'm saying be productive, it is your diligence to see to it that the kingdom of God is established here on earth as it is in heaven. That forwardness, that speed is what brings you into the divine nature that you need to enjoy. That speed and diligence is what guarantees your productivity. It's first and foremost starts with diligence. How many of us know a lot of knowledgeable professors? Everybody? Okay. They teach you everything about everything and they tell you if you can go into the world and make it. But then you look at them, are they making it? So they have the knowledge, they can impact the knowledge, but they're not using the knowledge. Do not be a Christian who has the knowledge but cannot use the knowledge. And then he says, in your diligence, add virtue. So what is the Greek translation for that word, virtue? It means properly. Any particular moral excellence, modesty, purity. So even in your speed and your forwardness, to achieve and to walk in the divine nature which God has called us into, you cannot do it in an unrighteous way. So to, that's why Peter said, to your diligence add virtue. So even as you work hard to express the divine nature of God, even as you work hard to be a true representative of, your, of the kingdom you are an ambassador to you must and cannot do it in sin so it means there are a lot of called people walking in sin that your christian does not exempt you from falling lastly knowledge i know it's 10 minutes i'm almost there so now I'm at 11 minutes. Knowledge. I'll stay here for a little bit. Knowledge. Peter says, diligence, then virtue, and then knowledge. 
why did he speak about knowledge before he spoke about love? Why did he speak about knowledge before he spoke about godliness? Why did he speak about knowledge before he spoke about self-control? Why did he speak about knowledge before he spoke about perseverance and kindness? Because on the base of what you know is what you will manifest. If you don't know, how do you love? If you don't know, how do you persevere? If you don't know, how do you live a godly life? Like a computer, you can only get out what you put in. So when you garbage in, you will garbage out. A lot of believers are called, we are diligent, we are pure, but we have no knowledge of who we serve. So you find our walk short-lived. You give your life to Christ, you live a good life for three months, and by the fourth month you find yourself like a pig in the dust and dirt you came out from. Your knowledge of God and in God is what sustains you. Now what does the Greek mean? What does knowledge mean in Greek? <laughs> this one blew my mind. I loved it very well. So, it means Gnosis. G-N-O S-E-S. Knowledge means gnosis, which means intelligence, understanding. The deeper, more perfect and enlarged knowledge, it means especially for things that are lawful and unlawful for a Christian. So as a believer, you are not only mandated to know the things that are lawful for you, you need to know the things that are unlawful for you. Now, I said gnosis, G-N-O-S-E-S. But gnosis is a derived word from the root word, gnosko which means, or spelled as G-E-N-O-S-K-O. Now, what does that mean? Gnosis is derived from gnosko, which means to be intimate. The Jews described knowledge as the ability of being intimate, and they described it to a husband and a wife, being intimate at night. So when the Peter is saying, because remember, Peter was a Jew, so when Peter is saying that you need to add to virtue diligence and to, uh, to, you need to add to diligence virtue and to virtue knowledge, he's saying you need to get to a level where you and God are like a husband and wife, being so intimate that you know what he wants and what he does not want. Peter is saying you need to get to a level where you and God are one. Slide one, please. 
I really can't see it, but we'll be, we'll, God will give us grace. Mm -hmm. So, how many of us, I'll start with the ladies first. If any of these two people, more, I mean, I know they're elderly, elderly and, and all, but if, they're much, if they were younger and they were members of this church, and they walk up to you now to, give, to take you on, on a date, will you say no? Huh? <laughs> these men, I, I, I pull these pictures because they say they are the world's sexiest men. But here's the thing, all jokes aside, do they look attractive? Yes or no? Okay. Slide number two. Slide two. For the guys in the room. These are the sexiest women alive. Hold on. It's not up to you to decide. So, calm down, calm down. Calm down. Looking at these pictures, do they look attractive? Don't try to be religious about it. Melanin. Oh, you only really like melanin. Okay. All right. Picture number three. How many of you will sleep with that? No, honest question. If any of these people on this, pic this picture right now walk up to you and say, can we go on a date? Will you say yes? Huh? You would have been blind. You wouldn't mind. All right. I know now you're asking yourself, why all these pictures? Because for most of us, see this last picture? That is how we look like to God. That is why Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For a lot of us, our minds will look handsome and beautiful, well-packaged. We look like the Michael B. Jordans and the Gal Gadots. We look so sexy and looking all beautiful outside, but our minds are like that. Unfortunately, God cannot be intimate with your outward appearance. The Bible says he searches the deep things. He searches down into the heart. So if your heart is like this, why do you expect God to be intimate with you? If you, Jesus Christ said, if you in your wicked ways know how to give your children good gifts. So if you know how to look for what is attractive to you, to be intimate with, why should God in his infinite mercies and his full glory be intimate with a dirty mind? 
a perverse mind. We're talking about productivity. You cannot be productive. I don't care how you look on the outside, but let your mind be attractive to the Holy Spirit. Because once your mind is attractive to the Holy Spirit, then you'll start walking in a new dimension. What do I mean by that? After everything Paul has ever done in his life, he said in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. This is what Paul says. That I may do what? Say it out loud. That I may do what? Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. That I may do what? If you're, if you're there, be confident and say that I may do what? So Paul, at this point of writing the book of Philippians, he has concluded his three missionary journeys. He's now in jail. And he's writing to the church in Philippi. And he's telling them, even at this point, I still want to know him and the power of his resurrection. So, Unlike the intimacy between a man and a woman, in knowing God, intimacy with him has levels. How people say climaxing is the peak of intimacy between a man and a woman, the climaxing in God has levels. There is a level of the ankle length. There's the level of the knee length. There's a level of waist deep. There's a level of chest deep. And there's a level of full immersion. David knew God, but we know where he's buried, right? Moses knew God, but we don't know where Moses is buried. The Bible says God himself buried Moses. Moses walked with God so much that man could not bury Moses. Moses walked with God so much that he became equal to God. That God felt that no one can bury you, only me. Enoch walked with God so much that the Bible says that God took him. But we know where Samuel was buried. Samuel, Samuel, the prophet, everyone shouts Samuel, Samuel. We know where he's buried. But Enoch, we don't know where he's buried. Because he walked with God. Hence I repeat, walking and knowing God has what? Levels. So the question is, where are you? So what are some steps to grow from diligence, virtue, and knowledge? Number one, prayers. It sounds cliche, but the Bible says for Elijah, he was a man of like passion. 
Elijah prayed. He prayed to the point that he was confident in whose presence he stood. That is why Elijah knew God so much because of his level of intimacy in prayers. That's why Elijah was taken away. He did not die a mortal death. There's a level to which you pray that you can command the heavens to stand still. Next is studying the word of God. If you want to know who studied the word of God, follow, follow Paul. Paul studied. He studied the word deeply to the point that he, it got to a level that Paul was more knowledgeable than the apostles who were with God, who were with Christ. By studying the word. By Paul studying the word, he began to receive revelations of Jesus Christ that the apostles never got even though they were with him third step is our mind please please renew your mind whatever price you need to pay to remove the garbage you have dumped into your mind the last year Pay, do whatever you can and tell yourself this year my mind will be filled with the word if not we will get to January 2022 and the only thing that will change about you is that you will buy a new car but I promise you the day you die that car will stay here Make your, tell yourself that by January 2022, myself and God, we will get into a new level of intimacy. So, in everything that I have said, it is the, the ball is now in your court. Jesus Christ says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you are part of me and you do not bear good fruit, you will be pruned and cut off. Don't try to extend the grace upon your life and tell yourself, I can't wait till 2022 to become productive. As much as you and I are believers and we believe God to live long, I, I promise you, you do not know what tomorrow holds. So make the best of the time you have now. Don't put off being productive in the things of God till next year. You might not get next year. I'm not praying for anybody to die. I pray that each and every one of us will live long, beautiful, glorious prosperous lives but if God decides to call you home tomorrow what will your report card say I was waiting till 2022 but he'd be like sorry 
You're already here. No going back. Do not be the rich fool. Do not lay up treasures for yourself here. Your academics, your job, is all treasures here. Do not be productive for the things of the world and forget to be productive for God. Pursue both. Be productive here on earth and be productive for the things of God. Please rise on your feet. to pray for yourself. This is the first first physical Sunday of the year 2021. What do you want to see as in your life come December 31st, 2021? How many souls do you want to bring into the kingdom by December 31st, 2021? How many lives do you want to impact? How many lives do you want God to use you as an agent of change for them? God is in heaven but he will use man. Pray and ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be another person's answered prayers. Use me to answer the prayers of people that surround me. Lord, use me to transform the lives of those around me. Lord, I don't want to be in this year. I don't want to be an empty barrel making the loudest noise in the room. Lord, fill me with content. Fill me with knowledge. Empower me. Lord, even as I decide to be diligent in the call, when you, when you have called me, Lord, I pray the grace to be virtuous. Father, the grace to live a life of purity. Father, the grace to run after you, to pursue after you. Lord, I pray the commandment you gave Joshua, the grace to follow it. For this book of the Lord not to depart from my mouth, but that I may Meditate upon it day and night. Lord, I pray for that empowerment right now. Lord, cause a hunger, a fire, a desire to burn in my heart that cannot be quenched. Lord, set my heart on fire for you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.
anyone listening to me and you're like you know what I've heard everything you have to say but I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or you have a relationship and you are that branch or vine that did not bear fruit and you were cut off the Lord is here and you can be crafted back into the body whoever you are here in the sanctuary or online I want you just pray the simple prayer after me Lord Jesus I thank you for redeeming me I thank you for dying on the cross for me Lord I accept and welcome you into my life today Father your word says that you stand at the door and you knock and whosoever lets you in you will dine with them therefore father I pray that by your mercies come into my life dine with me dwell with me that my life will be a representation of you and that, will, that I will be a true ambassador propagating your gospel here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did pray that prayer with me on your online, please comment in the chat room and follow the details in there and one of the um, ministry support um, people in the house will reach out to you and pray with you and guide you on what next to do. And if you're in-house and you prayed that prayer after me, can we all as a family put our hands together for them? Amen. Are we blessed? Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.